You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Government policy has a cost. Every law and regulation passed by the government has a human toll. The Cost, a series of We Are Libertarians, is a one-on-one interview that tells the story of an average person as they deal with the outcome of policy. This is Addie's story, as told by John and Jess Hooker. Addie is their daughter, and she suffers from epilepsy. She deals with seizures frequently. Lately, they've been taking CBD oil, which is from the cannabis plant. But they aren't sure how to use it because nobody has studied it because it's part of the cannabis plant. So John and Jess talk about the need to deschedule and deregulate marijuana or cannabis, and its sister hemp, so that universities can begin studying the healthy effects of marijuana. Here's Addie's story. This is a continuation of our series called The Cost, and we have a new podcast feed uh, talking about the cost of government policy, because when a policy is passed and when politicians make laws, they sometimes lose sight of the actual human toll that those government policies take. And uh, if you've heard Amanda's story, Woody's story, you you understand. And and so today I'm talking to my friend Jess and John about their daughter, Addie, who has epilepsy, correct? Yes. And uh, they are here, and we're going to talk about medical marijuana. We are. And so Jess and I have known each other through, the, she used to work where I now work, mm-hmm. and uh, we've become friends over the years. And thank you for joining me, Jess. Thanks. Thanks for having us. We're yeah. excited to talk about it. Yep. So she was uh, formerly on the Chick McGee podcast, and mm-hmm. she had me on their podcast. And yeah. now I'm returning the favor. So. Thanks. And uh, John is also with us. Yeah. John, uh, it, this is your first podcast. <laughs> You're a little nervous. <laughs> My very first podcast. I am, I am a little nervous. Yes. <laughs> well, don't be. I'm very gentle. Okay. I promise to be gentle. Great. Uh, so let's dive into it. I mean, I, I know of your situation, and you've talked about it on, on previous podcasts and, mm-hmm. and on Twitter. You're very open about Addie's uh, situation. Mm-hmm. But for those who don't know, can you explain what who is Addie and yeah, what yeah. is going on, <laughs> sure. first of all? So Addie's back. So Addie is, uh, John and I have two children. We have Maxwell, who is 13, um, a thriving, uh, wonderful teenager boy and all that comes with it and uh our other daughter is or our other daughter our other child is uh Addie and she is 11 years old and um she was diagnosed when she was seven seven years old old. she was diagnosed with um bilateral band heterotopia which is a uh a genetic abnormality that happens at 16 weeks gestation and when I say this I always preface it with this is what the they've told me that it happens at 16 weeks gestation. I have no idea. Sure. None of us do. Right. Um it could have been malpractice when she was born. I don't know. You mm. know what I mean? It could have been it could have been anything. But they say that if they would have given her an MRI or 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 done a brain scan of some sort, they would have told us that this uh, malformation in her brain, which basically your gray matter migrates at 16 weeks gestation throughout your brain. Oh, okay. With the white matter, and that's what that's how it works. Well, what's, Addie's. What's the difference between white and gray matter? I don't know. Okay, that's a All real. Right. I don't know, but somehow they must make like some like milky gray color together, and that <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that um, Addie's didn't migrate. Okay. So she has a dense band of gray matter. So it's like if you make a fist, like it's really tight and and there's the for lack of a better term, that electricity mm-hmm. that travels trying to connect for seizures to to make a seizure. There's two ends that need to connect. Okay. Well, they're constantly firing and when they connect, that's when she has a seizure. And that's common with anybody, but hers is just like in a condensed area, like really sure. tight area. So that's how that is. We didn't know until Addie was seven. She'd had this her entire life. We didn't know until she was seven. She had her first physical seizure. Okay, so she had been having seizures before, but it just didn't Shh. manifest itself? Yes, they say that that usually seizures will change form with growth spurts. 
and that this type of epilepsy, um, usually between the ages of 7 and 13, is when you'll see the first physical form. We knew something was up in kindergarten when they said, like, your daughter is a really hard worker and and she's not a disciplinarian problem and she's 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 all these things that that should she should really be succeeding more than she is mm-hmm. and standardized mm-hmm. testing she just it wasn't it was not clicking the the term they kept using was uh, every day was a clean slate yes it was like clean starting sl- over yeah every day. starting she, over every she day she comprehended and she worked hard and and she was starting to gather things but Every day it was like start, you know, a new, a new clean mm-hmm. slate of what did we do the day before? Yeah, one step forward, two steps back. Heard that a lot from educators, hmm. and so it wasn't until she was uh, seven years old over the summer between second and third grade that she had her first physical seizure, a tonic seizure. And I'm just going to, there's 40 different types of seizures. Okay. And my daughter, I've done a spreadsheet to figure this out and to map them. She's had about 33 of them. Mm. And that's, that's very uncommon for someone to have that many types of seizures. And so often when you think of a seizure, you think of the stereotypical fall to the floor, shake, mm-hmm. and then it's, a, or, and uh, shove your wallet in their mouth so they don't bite off their tongue or they don't swallow their tongue. It's impossible to swallow your tongue, people, just so you know. Okay. And you never want to stick anything in somebody's mouth while they're having a seizure. You're going to do more harm than that. And so, uh, the, but there's so many different ones. So Addie's was a tonic. It's mm-hmm. where you become very, very stiff. Your muscles become stiff. Mm. And she just kind of reached out. Um, I think she had juice in her hand and just orange juice flew everywhere. And it was just like a, like a rhythmic kind of like this, but it was long drawn out. It wasn't that like shake that little that rhythmic shake that they do this was like uh both arms are extended and she was just flailing would be the word was she conscious did she she was she was conscious like looking at her you would assume she was conscious she could not hear us and she wasn't responding okay she was breathing her eyes were open it looked like there was activity somewhere but she was not with us. She had to right. look like she was looking through you. Almost. Yeah, like like, like she didn't. She was see looking you at, at you, but it was past. It was right. past you. Like right. there was. Yeah, she was just looking, and that's very common too. And that has turned out to be her most common seizure, is is that tonic seizure. And uh, but she, like I said, she's had she's had the grand mal, which is what people assume all seizures are. Mm-hmm. She's had the absence seizures, where it's. That was what we thought was just like a kid where you where you're like Addie, 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 you know, and she doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. Well, those are those times where she literally cl- clocks out for thirty seconds, mm. and she just she's lost everything, whatever it was, um, and th- those those were what she had for the longest time. I mean, up from from I mean, I guess birth until she was seven that was the most common seizure for her. So, do you take her to the doctor and they immediately know what's going on? No. They don't. We didn't. We didn't know. We thought. We thought blood sugar. We thought blood sugar. We thought, you know, uh, like some kind of spasm, like growth or muscle or, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I remember like we were, John was, John's first reaction is like, take her outside, get her fresh air. You know, like we were trying to think of anything. Get her up, get, get her, her up, get her up, get her up and moving. And then realizing later that, you know, she fell asleep and he and I standing in the closet just holding each other and sobbing going what the hell just happened right um and i'm gonna so it was probably (laughs) to get into a pediatric neurologist is uh wow that's a lot it's a lot of time yeah really yeah and you have we we had people who were on the board at the hospital call in for us and say can you bump this kid up and i'm some people don't have those connections but Sure. Like anything, if you have the connections, you're going to get it. <laughs> that is a theme that comes throughout all of the episodes of yeah. this series. I mean, yeah. it, it is, if you don't have the right people mm-hmm. connecting you to the right people, you're completely screwed. You are screwed and you yeah. just have to wait. Like we yeah. would have had to wait three months probably at least, at least to get into the doctor. And uh, we were so fortunate that they bumped us up and we, we were probably like four weeks probably. Yeah. And um and they did the MRIs and the brain scans and the CAT scans. I mean, they did everything that, from what I remember, forty-eight, yeah, forty-eight hour EKG, um, all those things, and came back and said, "Yeah, your daughter has a mass in her brain, and it's not." 
When it's I say mass, it's not a growth. I mean, it is her brain tissue. It's her gray matter. But like I said, the way that it is supposed to migrate, it just didn't do that. What's the time frame that it takes to finally get that diagnosis? Um, I'm going to say, so this, her first seizure was in July. And then we went to the, the doctor in late August. The 48-hour EKG. To schedule o- those October things. October or November. October. That's why I was going to say late October, early November is when they called and said, this is this is what this is. Yeah. Mm. So is she having seizures during that period? No, she didn't really have. I mean, like, like we would note. we So we became obviously more aware of like, okay, she's staring and she's not responding. Let's write this down. Yeah. Just being aware we there is no one in our family who's ever i had an aunt who was who fell and had a couple of seizures after a fall a brain a, a head injury mm-hmm. uh same john has a brother who had like an isolated seizure yeah and so outside of that we no one in our family's ever had epilepsy we had no idea that that would even be an option mm. um i mean we were concerned you i mean you think the worst like what how, how what are we going to do um but when we got that diagnosis, we were at Riley and we were like, okay, what, what medicine do we take? We're ready. Right. And, um, and we, and we took the medicine and at that time, no one, no one ever said, and it never entered into our minds, this might not work mm-hmm. because your, your child's sick. You live in Indianapolis. You're at one of the best children's hospitals in the world. Yeah. You give us medicine and we fix this and we go home. To give to give our national audience an idea, uh, James Whitcomb Riley, the the author, donated his estate to the local hospital and created mm-hmm. Riley Ch- Riley's Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And this was a hundred years ago in, in the mm-hmm. 15, 16, 1915. and it has grown into one of the finest facilities in the entire world. People across the world bring their children mm-hmm. to Riley Hospital. So obviously, the level of care that your daughter received. Is not even in question. No, not right. at all. Right. Not at all. Um, we, however, <laughs> um, epilepsy is is an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an idea, I've connected with one parent in the United States who shares this diagnosis. Wow. Okay? So it's very rare. It's very rare. Right. And when a child has a seizure and you go to the emergency room... They're okay. Did they fall? Did they have a high fever? Like the basic questions. And as right. many times as we've been to the emergency room, I end up having to school these ER doctors. Sure. Like, this is what this is. And they're what? I've never, they really don't know. I mean, it's like in any job, you're going to know either a general ER doctor, you have a lot to know and a lot to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Something so specific and rare. No, they don't always know. And that can also be a problem because the way that our our drug system and our medical system works is it's about volume of sales. So mm-hmm. if they can if they can sell a boner pill to 1800 million people yeah, around exactly. the world, then they're going to put most of their time and effort into that. If you've got mm-hmm. a diagnosis where you've got two kids in the world with it, they're going to spend less time and money and research on solving that problem. Right. Right. Ha- have you run into kind of some of that throughout this? Um it's, I don't, this is, mm, I want to say almost a general, a general disinterest, if that is, I mean, you know, like, it's just like, oh, I mean, that's so rare. I mean, there's a stat that talks about um, the amount of funding and money that goes into, what is it, is it MS? Do you remember this? Um, yes, but I don't But it's combined, it's, it's three, it. it's, it's three diseases conditions however you want to put it it's three i'm gonna say like ms uh i don't know this is i wish i had this stat i'm sorry that's okay um but basically saying that more people have epilepsy than these three conditions combined and yet they're the least funded Hmm. the epilepsy epilepsy is the least funded funded. is that because they're Everybody has seen the MS walks, or mm-hmm. I mean, is it just because there's less awareness, less marketing put around? Like everybody knows the pink, mm-hmm. what that is associated everybody with. Everybody does, and it's also, um, I mean, no one's taking it and tried to make it a corporation. Nobody's right. taken epilepsy and said this is what we're going to do. I also, in my opinion, think that there is such a stigma with epilepsy and people who are epileptic and what that entails, and um, 
that they just they don't you can't see it if you looked at me or if you looked at Addie, obviously you would have no clue sure. that she has this condition right this this condition that that <laughs> i mean has the potential to kill her mm-hmm. you'd never know so if you can't sell it if you can't sell this and make money off of it Sorry, I know this is, but they're not going to do it. it, it right. It's, you have to have a poster child, and they don't have that. Sadly, it is it is ugly, but, uh, you know, you think about muscular dystrophy mm-hmm. and L- Jerry Lewis and the telethons all those years, you know, yeah. the, the big money getter is the kid in the wheelchair coming out. Yeah, it's 100% that makes true. Makes sense. It's 100% true. I can't. I, I share our story on all social media right. because I have yet, like I said, I found one other mother. And if there's another family out there that goes to hashtag seizure suck or whatever it is that I put on there that time and says, oh, my God, here's a family. Oh, my God, they're going through the exact same thing we're going through. That's the reason that I share our story yeah. so that someone else goes, oh, they tried this medicine and it didn't work the first time, but then they did this or whatever it is. That's why I share our story. Can I take a video of my daughter having a seizure and put it up on social media? I could. Would it get the response that I want? Probably not. Sure. It would it would it would offend people because it's ugly. Mm-hmm. It's it's ugly. It's scary. It it doesn't it, you know, it it doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies. There right. isn't there isn't a happy ending here. Right now there is not a happy ending cuz my daughter has refractory epilepsy. We've gone through um some of these medicines we've tried twice, but we're up to 13 different medications. So you you get the diagnosis, and I can't imagine. I mean, what is the what is the reality? What is the reaction to that as parents? I mean, that's got to be. I'm not a parent. The closest thing I have is cats, you know, and it's not even remotely. You have nieces, the, I ne- right? I have nieces, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't imagine my nieces having, mm-hmm. you know, because you have mm-hmm. the way that I look at my nieces. I'm just like, wow, look at all the potential. Look at the mm-hmm. great life they had ahead of them. Yeah. I mean. W- what are some of the reactions that you guys go through once you have this diagnosis? Yes, I'll I'll try to touch on it a little bit. Just with what um, initially, I always said as a dad, and uh, my my trade, the the job I go to every day is an as an electrician, um, and and as a role as a dad, you want to fix it. You know, mm-hmm. How can I fix this? Right. And I go back to, you know, like I said, what I do for a living, you know, give me some tools, give me, you know, wh- wh- where's the, where's the fix? There's gotta be, you know, if the medicine's not working, then there's a surgery, there's a device, there's a, mm-hmm. a diet, you know, we've been down all those paths, but our initial response as, as parents was, you know, let's find, let's find the fix. Mm-hmm. So now we know let's find let's find the cure let's find mm-hmm. if there's not a cure let's find a way that she lives comfortably and, and can continue to uh treat the symptoms right and continue to grow and continue to be a you know a, a great kid um as those as more and more things came in less medicines were working uh then you start to go down that path of you know she she may not drive she may not she's not going to go into a normal classroom you know she's not going to you know, there's all these things that start to come on that, uh, Those, you know, like you touched on with your nieces, it, 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 it hits you right square in the stomach that, and, and especially to contrast to a, a two year, a brother that's two years older that has, you know, does have all the potential in the world. Mm-hmm. And how do you, as a parent, how do you apply this to say, Hey man, you know, you have all this mm-hmm. max and yeah. she may not have all those things. So it's a tough balance to, and I could go down a path where tears are flowing, but try to, it, it, it's tough to handle not knowing what her future is, is, a, is the biggest part of that mm-hmm. diagnosis for us as parents, I think. Yeah. And it, and also, so the medication, we've done the 13 medications that have failed after your first medication fails, your chances of the second medication working drop to 30%. And then the third medication working dropped to 12%. And so after that, they're pretty sure nothing's going to work. Right. Um, Our daughter is not a candidate for surgery because her her epilepsy, her seizures develop on both sides of the brain. Mm. They will operate on one side of the brain because 
now they know that when you do operate for many different things on one side of the brain, the other side will make up the difference. Right. Okay. Um, but right now, today, they're not operating on both sides of the brain for epilepsy. Um, will they someday? Maybe. Do we want our daughter to be one of the first surgeries? Probably not. So that's the option. Another option for treatment is a VNS. That's a vagal nerve stimulator mm. or vagus. I've heard it both ways. And it wraps around the vagus nerve in the back of the, in the, at the base of the skull. And um, they have it, different ones. It's the, it's the big nerve that connects your nervous system to your brain. Yes. And so like if you work out and you throw up, it's because you build up so much lactic yes. acid. It hits that nerve. It thinks you're being at- poisoned. Mm-hmm. It's why when I get my blood drawn, I faint because I think <laughs> I'm being attacked. And so <laughs> what it does is it just says, hey, system, shut down. Right. Yeah. Right. So this, so the old school uh, VNSs used to have a magnet that you could put the magnet into the chest and the and um, the patient could take the magnet when they felt an aura. That's what you feel before you have a seizure. Okay. And um, and they could put it on that magnet and it would divert the seizure. It wouldn't let those two those two connectors come together and cause the seizure. Down, it would like, shut it down. Mm, yes. It would trigger that. Um, from what we've read with Addie's condition and the and we know of a girl who had it that has Addie's condition, it worked just the same as medication. It worked for a few months and then it stops. Mm. And that's how it's always been. Addie has this three month uh, honeymoon period where everything seems great and this is the medicine and we're, it's going to be awesome. And then it stops. So once you have a VNS put in, you can't have it taken out. It's there forever. You can have it shut off. You can have it shut off, but it's going to be there forever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, until we get to a point where that's like a last option, but we're as medicine as medication has shown, this probably isn't going to work either. Mm-hmm. So why go through this? And uh, you know the chances of something going wrong with that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, do you just say, "All right, enough going to doctors. We're just gonna deal with this"? Or I mean, how- that's where we are right now. Okay, um, we've done. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think we've been there before. We, yes. We've seen a, a holistic... Um, we've gone to an osteopath. An we've osteopath. done acupuncture. Yeah. We've done uh, we've done essential oils, people. We know it's mm-hmm. an option. It is not an option for us. It doesn't work for us. It works for some, not for us. Uh, the craze of essential oils, people think that that's going <laughs> to fix everything. They're very intense. They are. They and are. They, they're, they they're, are. They're, they're like the it, wor- it works people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which, uh, you know what? I get it. Very passionate. Yes. And we and we like for our house to smell good too, but it's not going to treat our daughter's epilepsy. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, I mean, we have tried everything and, and right now we're to the point where we go to the places that help Addie recover the quickest. Okay. So our osteopath is one of those things. Um, acupuncture is one of those things. Uh, massage, just things that make her comfortable and help keep her relaxed. Right. So you can't prevent it on the front end at this point. So you're just going to try and make it better on the back end. Right. I, I have... Uh... I've had an aura once. I was mm-hmm. actually at work. This was probably about a year ago. And my eyesight, I just had this super bright thing in the front of my vision. And I couldn't I couldn't stand. I started getting dizzy. It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my entire life. Because I'm still, I'm 33. I still consider myself invincible. And so mm-hmm. I called my mom and asked her what was going on. And she told me, to, you know, you're having an aura. But it was really, really frightening. I mean, how does... Addie deal with this because you know either does she know what's coming on when she has that I mean and then I mean what's her attitude like we always said that Addie has had this brain since she was born Mm -hmm. so when she turned seven and we realized she had this brain she was like well thanks for finally catching up on what the hell's going on with me you know (laughs) like she's she has just had to counteract and 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 just adjust Mm -hmm. her entire life so she doesn't know any different so she doesn't have that same kind of fear where it's like oh it's more an annoyance is what i would say because we were in the car yesterday and she had 11 she had 11 seizures in the span of an hour and that that went from tonic to the auras which we consider like we clocked that the auras Mm -hmm. to absence to all kinds but she looked at me and she was like why is this happening 
Right. And hers are, she's, you see her eyes will pull in a direction mm. and they pull so hard that it's like, it's uncomfortable. You know, like when you look out of the corner of your eye too long, right. hers do that on their own and they pull and it's, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. And she just gets so frustrated because she says, I can't look where I want to look. Mm. Um, but to go ahead and, and, and jump into the topic of, uh, CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if very many people know that it is legal to ship CBD oil on a federal level. Explain what it is, please. Okay. CBD oil is, um, uh, cannabis has millions of strains, the biggest two being CBD and THC. Mm -hmm. THC is the component you get the psychoactive the the high most of our audience being a libertarian podcast would be familiar with they're the concept with of that. thc okay. yes. <laughs> they're familiar with that well cbd is has so many healing benefits as does thc but cbd is the one that doesn't get you high as well okay um so the stanley brothers really brought this to light in the documentary weed i believe it is and uh where they made a strain of cbd that was that had no thc in it but it was a cannabis plant and i cannabis hemp I don't. I try not to say marijuana anymore because marijuana actually it has nothing to do with cannabis. Sure, or hemp. that's a slang term. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's actually like a really crazy tobacco. That's not even. Yeah, it's not even. Oh, it doesn't apply. Right. <laughs> but um, they 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 developed the Stanley brothers developed this strain of CBD and used it on a little girl named Charlotte Figgy who mm-hmm. was having like hundreds of seizures a day. Had had not walked. Had not talked. Nothing. And uh, I think her dad maybe stumbled upon this, on, saw it on a YouTube video and called his wife and he was a soldier. He was overseas like yeah. this. This I really I really recommend the documentary Weed as a starter place of how this all became so popular and mainstream now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they gave it to her and like within minutes, her seizure stopped. Wow. Yes. And so. That's so you have these families who are hearing these stories who have these children with refractory epilepsy and they're moving to Colorado. Hmm. We're, we're going to get this Charlotte's Web strain of CBD oil. Um, so CBD is being used for lots of things now. However, this Charlotte's Web, the strain that we use, that we have shipped from the Stanley Brothers here to Indianapolis is what we use on Addy. Um, and you have to be very uh mindful of when you use it we learn the hard way up front that that our daughter gets oversaturated quickly okay uh it's uh a cannabinoid and i have i know people all say that different mm-hmm. um saturation and so we had to start like literally with a drop and work our way up and we're only about three-fourths of the way of where she could be and um well if i can jump in on yeah on dosage we started with a drop we're we're now at maybe 12 to 20 drops per per dosage and two of those a day but the the issue and the issue with policy and law is that nobody's allowed to study it enough to tell you what the right dosage is sure so so we're saying we're three quarters of the way to a dosage but medically speaking no one really knows no one really knows and there's no there's when you when you sign up to put your child on this oil you become the doctor and the pharmacist and you know the caretaker and all these things and it's trial and error yeah and yeah let me let me for our skeptics out there let me kind of just give and you guys feel free to jump in um because i'm sure you you know as much about this as i do if not more uh the reason that marijuana marijuana was legal I mean, up until the 20s and 30s across the nation. And Indiana actually has a stamp tax on it that you can go in, and if you bring a pound of pot, they'll put a $3.20 stamp on it, Uh, hemp as well. And in the 20s and 30s, you had William Randolph Hearst and many other newspaper uh, folks and the paper industry and the logging industry, uh, you they started to see the competition from hemp. Hemp can have, in Indiana, for example, three crops a year. 
and it grows really well in Indiana. That's why you, we have ditchweed. You, you'll you see ditchweed uh, around the state uh, occasionally as people throw it out the window, their joint. And, you know, the Constitution was written on hemp paper. George Washington had hemp farms. Uh, it, it is a very hardy and useful material. Uh, the fibers in World War One and I believe World War Two as well were uh, those uniforms for our soldiers were made out of hemp, mm-hmm. and it because it was such a hardy crop, it became competition because it was so abundant because you can get so you know think of the lifespan of a tree to make paper versus hemp three times a year, and so William Randolph Hearst started equating hemp and marijuana again a slang term and cannabis. With serial killers, black people, ra- black men raping white women, and this—that's how the movement to pro- to prohibition began. It was an economic thing by people who had vested interest in control of the public opinion, who eventually outlawed marijuana, ca- you know, cannabis and hemp all mm-hmm. across the nation, and it is a Schedule One drug. And uh, that's laughable, uh, right? On the federal register, and Schedule One means that there is zero medical benefit for marijuana. It is, you know, it is the same as crack. It is in the eyes of the federal policies, it is the same as crack, heroin, meth. There, I don't think there has been one recorded death of marijuana. Not that I'm aware in, of. In terms of overdosing, uh, obviously, there's deaths associated with traffic accidents and other things, but. Marijuana has not only shown, you know, pot has not only shown that it is medically beneficial. It, if you look in recreationally, crime has gone down in Colorado, Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll go down in Maine as they legalize it. It's, it's, and the revenue, it's like expanded the Colorado revenue. Uh, although we libertarians are not for, you know, uh, make it legal and tax it, we'd like to just make it legal, period. But, yeah. If you look at what is going to get legislators to take this next step, they talk money. They they don't talk uh, they don't talk uh, human terms. They talk no. what's going to get them enough revenue so they can build football stadiums. <laughs> so <laughs> the, yes, because that makes them look like heroes, right? right. So we have a a plant, a natural plant that is beneficial and. Medicine is plants, okay? I was talking with somebody who runs a uh, an herbal business and mm-hmm. not not like herbal and, you know, no. like selling mushrooms and illegal drugs, but somebody who heals with herbs. Herbalist. Herbalist, yes. Yeah. And you know, Eli Lilly here is here in Indianapolis and uh has hundreds of jobs tied to this area. Well, mm-hmm. they used herbs and plants to get drugs mm-hmm. to heal us mm-hmm. and so it isn't out of the realm of possibility that a cbd oil or cannabis can heal people mm-hmm. um and it also creates a lot of jobs i've there are a lot of people who <laughs> listeners may be familiar with uh, daniel and chris peffers and maya all three of them have gone out to colorado here they were losers <laughs> there they have great jobs and great <laughs> lives and they're succeeding so it's great, uh, but that is why pot is illegal. That is why it is so persecuted. You you have, uh, and because it is a Schedule One drug, because it is illegal, colleges cannot study it. It is bar. They are regulated out from studying any of the effects of marijuana. And I will say, Hillary Clinton. This is one of the places where I agreed with her in this last election. Hillary Clinton said that if she were elected president, she would deschedule it. And allow universities to start studying the effects so we mm-hmm. would know what was in it. And when you you don't have a black market in places like Colorado, but here in Indianapolis, you do. Mm-hmm. You do have a black market. And that makes the the actual product that you consume less safe as right. opposed to a university releasing studies and saying, here's what's beneficial. So that that is just your little lesson on, on marijuana uh, and why it is illegal. And mm-hmm. so you have found that CBD... Uh, what does it do for Addy? What is the what is the time frame you've been using it, and what are the uh, noticeable differences that you've been? We started using it in late September, early October, um, and that's another thing. Like we said, like it's it, there's 
There's no, it's like anything. It's like when you flip something over and says, has not been approved by the FDA, da 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 da, da when you take any supplement, really. But yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the thing. We really had to do our homework and, and see what pesticides these different CBD oil farms were using in, in Colorado and in California and going, okay, pesticides. She's very sensitive to some things and we don't know everything that she's sensitive to yet. Sure. So we had to do that. That's another reason why legalizing this would be really helpful because then we would know um so Addie started using it late september early october and like john said um we dose differently in the morning and in the evening trying to work up to uh up to the full dose um have we seen a decrease in seizures no have we seen a a schedule this i guess this is what i say this medication has done this for us where addy will have between 20 and 23 days is how it's been since we started this of no seizures and that's the first time that's happened that's the longest that she's gone what was what was typical before uh a day two days three days and and maybe so she's getting 20 days of peace. She's getting 20 days and not only that, she's getting 20 days and and functioning and functioning on um uh uh alongside of her peers. Mm-hmm. So along with Addie's condition, she has severe cognitive delay. Um uh socially, she's very very awkward. Very sweet, but very awkward. She just she's a fifth grader. She's eleven. There's girls that have boyfriends, and and right. there's things that are happening that Addie has zero interest in. Which hey, we'll we'll take that part of it for sure. <laughs> but but socially, she's just she's kind of a loner. I mean, she has fun. She 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 enjoys playing by herself. Uh, she still plays dolls, and she likes singing in front of the mirror and all those things. But when it comes to a social situation, we have witnessed her being around other little girls her age, and and Addie just just kind of like just observing. Mm-hmm. But if you go to what children mentally at first or second grade are doing they're observing each other they're trying to learn from each other so technically she's where she is mentally and she's doing the right thing Mm -hmm. but that gap is going to continue to widen greatly right right? there's going to be a time where she's 16 or 17 and she's just going to stop maturing Mm -hmm. um but what we've seen since we started taking the oil is that that delay is less it is we and I don't know how libertarians feel about standardized testing, but we spend a lot of time in the education system testing our children. Mm-hmm. This is the time where I have been a fan of it because they test in August and they test again in December. And Addie, for the first time in her life, has come up in these standardized testings, which is huge, which is huge. So with that, she gets she she's she's. I don't know. I don't even. I, she's remembering more. It's increasing her memory. It's increasing her ability to comprehend the information. Well, her brain. It, it doesn't sound like her brain's being interrupted. It's not right. being you interrupted know? as right. often. As often, yeah. Yes. As we talked about the clean slate before of yes. you know every day being a brand new day in some sense, and especially in a mm-hmm. a school setting, um, I, I think the medicine has allowed her to continue on to the next day and remember what I did the and, day before yeah, exactly. and not have those. Interruptions, yeah. yeah, you know, in between that, that I think that medicine has allowed her to do that. Mm-hmm. Has it? It hasn't been the success story that you might see on. Yeah, we're not on, Charlotte Figgy. Our our seizures didn't stop the right, day we started stop. taking it, and, and, and we're not. We're, we haven't given up on it by any means, Mm-mm. but it's um, it, it's changed. It's changed her. It's it, changed us. It's allowed. It's allowed a lot of things that mm-hmm. uh, other medicines weren't. Um, so she now she'll have seizures. Uh, they call them clusters. They'll mm-hmm. start in a cluster, and the cluster will last twenty four to forty eight hours. Um, recently, we've had a longer cluster. It's the longest cluster we've had since we've started the medication. Um, however, our daughter very well may be one of those patients that would benefit from a very, very tiny dose of THC to a very, very large dose of CBD. What's the difference? THC is the is the psychoactive component. But that okay. but but that mild, I mean tiny, tiny bit is what could relax the brain, is what could allow the C B D oil to work further. Okay, so um 
Same theory is, you know, if you take vitamin D, you want to have some cal. You, you got to take vitamin D to have calcium supplements work, for right. instance, because right. the two synthesizes. If you take yes. vitamin E, you've got to eat some fat with it because it synthesizes exactly. correctly. Exactly. CBD doesn't have that psycho psychoactive component, mm-hmm. and so therefore it's not getting into mm-hmm. the into the blood bra- breaking through the blood brain barrier. Mm-hmm. Is that what the that's what I would is? say? I would say because so um, like you said, sometimes you need that that aid when you have two two things that could be helpful to your body. So uh, so obviously the THC giving her enough to let the brain go. Oh, OK. Instead of fighting the C, I'm just going to relax and let this do its work. Got Does it. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it would be that we're not giving her THC you know, to watch Cheech and Chong movies with her. We're giving her THC so that her CBD oil can work more efficiently. Right. We're not, A, okay, we're not giving her THC at all. <laughs> but yeah. if we did, that's the benefit. And that's how that's how they do it with some. Um, I don't think that they give THC to, jil- to children, except in the very, very rare cases. And obviously in the states that it's legal, you can't ship THC obviously to indiana and it be okay Mm -hmm. but i was at fresh time yesterday a grocery store chain fairly natural holistic grocery store chain it's it's where i shop exclusively okay there you go it's it's like a it's like whole foods and meyer had a baby yes whole foods and target had a baby (laughs) i like it that's very true but they are now carrying a brand of cbd and they keep it locked up in there and i mean people can i take this i use that brand Mm -hmm. i don't use the charlotte's web for myself but i use it just for i mean i have severe dementia that runs in my family and i'm trying to do things like to be proactive i don't want that to affect me later in life same that's why i go to fresh time and get organic food (laughs) there you go exactly where you're trying to do the things you're trying to you're trying to beat you know heredity i guess yeah so you you've noticed and and so has it been so it's been past that three-month window now where we are past that three-month window and that's what's concerning now is that we're in that we're past that three-month window and this last little burst has lasted longer than any of them have that's good so that's where we're concerned where, okay, is this going to come? Like, how much time do we have now between the next cluster that visits? Um, but that's where John and I are not, we're, we're, we're not doctors. We're not pharmacists. We shouldn't have to figure this out on our own. Well, and, and you'd know the effects and you'd be more likely like to, to use THC if it had been studied. If Absolutely. Y- y- but I also don't right. know the effects of THC on a young 11 year old brain. Exactly. No one right. Does. No yeah. one does. No one should. Right. We know caffeine and coffee stunts their growth. Right. <laughs> but but that's because it's been studied. And it's right. the same principle here. If it were descheduled, if it were descheduled, if mm-hmm. it were um, academics were allowed to research it and, and test situations. Right. Then you as a parent would be more informed and more empowered. And by prohibiting the access mm-hmm. you make people this is one of the costs of this bad policy is that parents get less choice and the child suffers more because of the lack of choice that can be made yes and the, so that's so with senate bill 15 if we can talk about that here in indiana here in indiana that is a bill that's specific to refractory epileptic children mm-hmm. that is which obviously okay medicine doesn't work medicine has failed it's called intractable it's called Refract- drug resistant right. refractory there's a lot of different words for it and it's for children so to pass this this would allow doctors to prescribe cbd oil for these very specific cases that's great um our, our indiana legislative writer phyllis klasinski is actually working on an article around this and she just wrote on senate bill 255 which is uh introducing medical marijuana here in indiana Mm -hmm. too so even a conservative state like indiana starting to take a look at this stuff so if you're in indiana and you're listening please call your state legislator and ask them to advocate for those two yes uh and and i know that jesse if you want to give out your twitter you've tweeted about this if people want to find the legislation yes i am uh at the jess expo and uh i i share our story openly i i am more than happy to discuss it with anybody who's looking into it in a similar situation i mean cbd oil is is being used to treat a number of things now 
not just epilepsy. Um, and so I, I have a, I went to dinner with a friend the other day who has a child with ADHD and she was like, do you think this could help? And I, I honestly do. I honestly, I honestly think that people should take CBD as you take a multivitamin. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's different potencies that are necessary. Um, like the medical grade that Addie takes isn't necessary. It's definitely not the one I take. And, uh, but I, I, it's, it's so beneficial. What are the benefits of it? Is it anti-inflammatory? Is it's that... anti-inflammatory. It could we can look it up if you want, and Please. I can read off all of the yeah. Of the so fun I'll, I'll pad. We we won't ask John to pad while we do that. But <laughs> uh, you know, inflammation in the body is really it's what causes dementia. It's what causes you know. I recently lost ten pounds by getting off of grain just because it stops inflaming my body. So mm -hmm. it's how the biggest loser people lose all that weight <laughs> is they just stop eating crap food that inflames their body and. Uh, yeah, so if it would make sense that it if it's anti-inflammatory that it would kind of help calm things down. You know? Sure. Think about your, your inflammation inside your tissues and your organs. Think about how tender something is when you get a bug mm -hmm. bite on your arm and it gets mm -hmm. red and inflamed uh or or a pimple, that's skin inflammation. So, yeah, the this seems to be a no-brainer to me. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense that something that is natural in a plant Especially when we've seen it tested in other places like Colorado, it, you know where it's legal. It it's really starting to help people and create whole industries. Right, I, and I think to speak to the bill, I think it 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 says a lot. And I know this is uh, that that it's a Republican sponsored bill. It's authored by Republicans. It's not some far left hippie or libertarian that's that's, that's bringing this to the table that has in the past i think i think you're starting to see a real like you said a, you got to talk money if you're going to talk about these things um but I, I think it it speaks to the real medical benefits uh that it's not a party issue necessarily and especially here in indiana sure uh, um that it's uh that, that, and that's why we tell our story is that hopefully anybody can listen and anybody will hear and, right. and let's talk more about it because it's not a it's not a party issue it's not something that should divide anybody it's a medical yeah solution. we and we appreciate you guys telling your story because it normalizes this stuff it it right. makes people go oh this isn't a bunch of you know pot smoking hippies which it, why is that even a bad thing i mean <laughs> right. honestly it's just it's you know it's it's old stereotypes right. from this era uh, our great great grandparents when they outlawed it you know, and now we're rolling that back and it's great. Mm -hmm. yep. I, unfortunately, when we've uh, contacted our state rep, uh, the term gateway drug is still used. You feel, feel free to say his name. <laughs> it's uh, Mike Kreider. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, yeah, he, he, he said, I'm under the impression that it's a gateway drug was his email response back to me. And it was, I mean, I, I'm a, I giggled. I, I giggled. I was like, you can't be serious. Because it, it's laughably stupid. Yes. It, yeah. it just it just blows my mind. But I can't tell you how many people that we know very closely are like, you're giving your kid weed? And I was like, are you, are you being serious? Like, people are just very <laughs> uneducated about yeah. it. And that's the unfortunate part. But, I mean, like we said, the CBD oil, the benefits are just, it's insane. Um, it's an antibacterial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Inhibits cancer cell growth. Okay. Promotes bone growth, uh reduces seizures and convulsions, obviously reduces blood sugar levels. Uh uh helps the immune system and anti-inflammatory, uh reduces the risk of artery blockage. Um helps with small intestine contractions. We have a we have a friend that we know that suffers from that. Um it uh, aids in vomiting and nausea, relieves pain, relieves anxiety, slows bacterial growth, suppresses muscle spasms, treats psoriasis. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's again, so it just doesn't make any sense that it should. So no. feel free uh if you're listening, uh please uh Let's tweet at Mike Kreider and explain to him. <laughs> please send him the facts. Be respectful, but send him the facts yeah. uh, that marijuana is not a gateway drug. If anything is a gateway drug, it's back surgery and then going on OxyContin. Yeah. That is a gateway right. drug. We're that, not seeing. <sighs> we're not seeing kids fall into uh, the dangers of pill use right. by smoking pot. They're doing it by getting pills from their mom's closet because she mm -hmm. had back surgery that's, well, and that's the, the other thing that the medications that we gave our daughter before before we realized that she was refractory were benzodiazepines these 
I mean, completely altered our daughter's personality, made her depressed, made her lethargic. I mean, there were days where she would not get out of bed. She was a nine years old. Mm -hmm. That I don't know. I mean, it's sad to see someone suffer from depression, but when it's a nine-year-old girl and you know that it's completely altered because of prescription medication, it's altered her being completely, that's devastating. And not only that, but the long-term use of benzos, she would have had to have a kidney or a liver transplant by the time she was 30. Holy cow. Yes, people don't realize. I'm, I promised you. Yeah, you can't that's be the on thing. it for 20 years. Yeah, you can't be on it for that long. And not have the side effects of. Yeah, it, I mean, it's going to it's going to deteriorate your entire body. And that's what's so sad is that is that when 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 the symptoms outweigh the side effects or the side effects outweigh the symptoms, what do you do? And that's exactly what was happening. Right. Well, I have a huge issue. I, there's a documentary that outlines a lot of this really well called Prescription Thugs that is on Netflix mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, I have a huge problem with with our pharmaceutical industry, the way that we we're only one of two nations in the world that allow uh, us to be marketed to by drug companies. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you find things as you watch TV that you think, oh, I should get some medicine for that ache Mm -hmm. that pain it's almost creating it's you know uh polio was cured by medicine Mm -hmm. we used to cure disease with with medicine now we maintain Mm -hmm. symptoms through medicines and that's a very different psychology Mm -hmm. and so our pharmaceutical industries you know uh, just like every other area that we ever discuss on this podcast it it the motive the profit motive becomes the thing that ends up corrupting the industry and that ends up hurting people Mm -hmm. and you've got to really be an educated consumer like and i i'm i commend you guys for being educated consumers of doctors and and opening up to every different aspect i think that's really i I would i would be the same way if i had a kid that was sure you know going through this kind of stuff yeah you have to i mean john and i are pretty laid-back people and the last thing we'd ever assume to be we're advocates of anything like we're not even fans of anything like everybody loves john mayer and we're like nah, whatever <laughs> but it's just we're just not like that and so but when you're put in this situation and not only is your own child suffering but there are thousands of children suffering mm-hmm. i mean i don't think that that's what people don't understand is that 30 percent of epilepsy patients are refractory mm. that means medicine doesn't work for 30 percent of the people diagnosed that's insane so now what now what do these people do? Uh okay, well then uh their their chances for SUDEP, which is sudden unexpected is this right? Sudden unexpected death due to epilepsy. Something like that. Uh that when you are refractory, your chances of no. When you have epilepsy, your chances of dying from SUDEP go from it's one in fifteen hundred. Mm. Okay. When you're ruled refractory it goes to one in 150. There's one in 150 people will die because they don't have a form of treatment for their epilepsy. I mean, that's that's kids, that's adults, that's everybody. That's that seems it seems really high, mm-hmm. and it and it's I mean, like I I don't know that always gets me. That always bothers me because, like I said, and we've shared our story on social media. I've had people private message me and said, thank you so much. This is the latest one that hit me. And it's hard to read. It was a, it was a teenage girl and she said, my, my, my family moved. My mom and my sister left my siblings and I and my dad and moved to Colorado in hopes of finding a medicinal marijuana or, or, a or a cannabis that would work. And in the process of looking, this little girl died from SUDEP mm. in the middle of the night, her mom went in there and she had suffered a seizure and she was dead when she found her the next morning. And they had, they had relocated because they didn't have any other options left their family behind to try to save their daughter's life. And, just didn't have a chance there wasn't time and you think about it you oh it's a gateway drug well that's not the compassionate empathetic response no the colorado situation is a much more Mm -hmm. compassionate empathetic Mm -hmm. response yeah it is much more uh caring of individuals and it's sad that she passed but at least she had that option she did and so I, i think 
take a look at SB 15. Is mm-hmm. it right? Yes. SB mm-hmm. 15. And, uh, and and it has passed out of committee. So it, great. It, it, it'll it should get a vote. Well, well t- that's huge. Yep. OK, if, if you don't know how legislature legislatures work, it is a lot like the federal government. You have something that is introduced. It's written and it, you have the author and co-signers. It goes to a committee. Usually most things don't make it out of a study committee, mm-hmm. let alone making it to a committee and then passing to the entire floor and getting a hearing. So right. it's important that it gets a hearing, gets an up and down vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got to really uh, contact your legislator if you're here in Indiana. And mm-hmm. if you're not in Indiana, if you're in other states, take the SB 15 bill, take the language and talk to your state legislator mm-hmm. and see if you can get this introduced in your state. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Alec does. Be be right. a libertarian Alec. Alec is uh, the... <laughs> Association of Legislative, it's something, look up ALEC, and it takes legislation and it standardizes it across legislatures across the nation. Well, you can do the same thing. Yeah. Just find out state legislature, uh, legislative efforts that you agree with, take that language, say to your state senator and your state uh, rep that you want to replicate that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, um, we're grateful because we've, we've, people that we are around now like john works on a job site with 600 guys and he has more people coming up to him and saying hey your daughter has epilepsy yeah i heard about like even that it's in someone's vocabulary right now even Mm -hmm. that they're aware of it that's a huge step because like i said before there was such a stigma that surrounded it right like you know what if you could just like keep them out of out of eye shot we don't want to see any of that that's ugly that's not you know and and now that people are aware and saying oh my god here's this little girl who who loves to go to the theater and loves to go to her brother's wrestling meets and would sing taylor swift until her mom loses her mind i mean like that's the face of epilepsy is not is not one person it's so many different stories and for so many different reasons and i feel like everybody deserves a treatment option all right so final thoughts john (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he almost got no, the hang of yeah. it no i am uh I, you're doing good babe yeah sorry i, <laughs> I will say that uh I, I i'm not a i'm not a public person in the sense that i don't like to share my story yeah mm-hmm. I, I like to hear your story i like to learn about other people and i like to know um where they come from what they do how they get there those types of things that's that's been my background Uh, It's been very eye-opening and challenging for me to share this story in a sense that, um, you know, sometimes we don't get that choice that uh, this is our family and, 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 but with the oncome of social media and different things that allow us to share the story a lot faster, a lot, a lot more broad, it's, uh, it's to feel the, to feel the love and concern of the community and friends that comes back once we share the story and to see them catching on to that story and sharing it with their friends mm-hmm. and, and getting some connections of, of other people or anything that goes with it. I think that's what we're after. Um, whether this bill passes or not, whether, you know, I think someday down the road it will, I hope it's in time to, that, that we all get to benefit from it. But, uh, I, I I just encourage everyone to share your own story because somebody out there is looking to connect to you for whatever reason, whether it's epilepsy or libertarians or whatever that your cause is. Uh, I just encourage everybody to keep sharing that story and just, mm-hmm. just does the best. So, Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, to touch on what John said, when, when John's, you know, lifelong Republican grandpa shares our hey pass medical cannabis on facebook like we've done something you know that's huge right and and then and and it's it's that it's it's it'll slowly spread and it has and even in our small community of new pal on the east side of indianapolis that people are are aware of it that people are talking about it and they know that addy hooker takes cbd oil Mm -hmm. and that it's that it's treating it it's not treating it it's not treating it as quickly as we would like. It's not treating it exactly how we planned. But that's Addie's story. Nothing has gone as planned. Sure. And so we're going to continue to 
work our asses off to make sure that she has the best quality of life possible, that she gets to have those first, that she that she gets to drive a car, even if it's in our backyard and she's not licensed, we're going to let her drive a car. We're going to let her have those experiences of maybe of maybe going to a college class once a week. It might not be the ideal situation, but just just letting each child, each person have those firsts and have those experiences that we all deserve is what's important. And liberty is about not having someone stop any of that progress. Exactly. Or limit it. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Jess is part of the Blonde on Brunette (laughs) duo. Uh, (laughs) The lighter side of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin uh, would kill me if I didn't plug that. So (laughs) Blonde on Brunette. It is a great... I actually watched my first episode the other day. I laughed. I loved it. It was adorable. So check it out on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, and uh, if you want to get in touch with Jess, it is at the Jess es- the Jess es- Expo. Please yeah. say it for me. <laughs> I am at the Jess Expo, um, and you can also follow me on Instagram. It is uh, Jess Hooker underscore, and that's actually where I share the pictures and our very specific story, the longer posts about Addie and what we're going through and what's worked and what's not, and that's been going on for a couple of years now. You can scroll back pretty far and, and see what's going on with us. We share the bad days. We share the good days, and uh, yeah, yeah, hoping... Check, it helps someone. Check it out. And if uh, you hit up any legislators, please let Jess know. Uh, we yes. help network and get involved. So thank you to Jess and John Hooker for joining us. And thank you for sharing your story. And please, if you're listening, get involved. Call your state senator. Call your state representative. Call the governor's office. Uh, and if you're not in Indiana, do this in your state. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.